this is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. One of our favorite questions to ask in certain situations is, how would you like to handle this? I've talked about another question we love, which is, can you say more about that? That question is more for situations where you need to go deeper. You need to get to the core of an issue with a customer, an employee, a team member, a vendor. The how would you like to handle this question is perfect for those situations where there could be a combative quality or perhaps a perceived combative quality or you're afraid it could create conflict. It's a very non-threatening question. For example, we recently got a training gig where we were presenting our strengths-based performance for teams training. And part of that training uses the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment. And so our contract called for our training fee plus the fee for the assessments. Our contact called us and said, great, have you ordered the assessments? And our understanding had been that the office would order the assessments, administer the codes to the staff because we didn't have that information, and then give us the results. And we went back and forth a bit and and again, it could have felt very riddled with conflict. Oh no, what if I tell him this is not how we do this, or he has to do it this way, or I get bullied into doing it another way and just absorbing the cost. All these things that come up in our heads to derail us a bit. But instead, I stated the position and then I said, how would you like to handle this? A client of ours had somewhat of a similar situation where she had done the contracted work with a client and months later they came back and asked for revisions. In her contract, she states that there will be a fee for any revisions to work that's been signed off by both parties. And in this particular contract or this particular situation, that work had definitely been signed off, had been completed months and months ago. And she was afraid she was going to get some pushback. I recommended that she state, here's my contract. Here's the language from my contract that pertains to this. How would you like to handle this? Or how would you like to proceed? It's non-threatening, as I mentioned. And the other thing that it does is it's that co-creating idea and environment that, you know, how would you like to handle this? Isn't this is what you will do or it's done or you have to automatically give in to because you're afraid to say no, because you're afraid you'll you'll lose the contract or that you'll harm relations between you and the other person. It's saying, let's figure this out together. Let's work on this together. Another example And this comes from 
uh, Mark's past, Mark being my husband, when he collected comic books and he had a collection of something like 40,000 issues, I think. And after about 30 or 40 years, he just wasn't interested anymore. So he started selling them off and he'd sent some comics. Somebody had bought them and sent them. And the person said, I'm not happy with the condition that they're in. And normally Mark would have just said, okay, here, I'll just give you all your money back and you can keep the comics. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's, that's not how that works. That's not what you do. And he says, well, but I always want my customers to be happy. And I said, I understand, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to give 100%. Why don't you see if there's a solution the two of you can co-create? And so he wrote the person back, stated what he could do or stated the situation. Here are your options. That's an important part. Here are your options. How would you like to proceed? I think our lizard brain gets in our way and assumes the worst. Because, of course, our lizard brain is trying to keep us safe and alive and everything is a survival issue to the lizard brain. In reality, it's not. But we still have that emotional charge or that instinctual charge and sometimes that adrenaline rush that makes us think we're in danger. And so what are our choices? Fight or flight? That is not the case. Not in this day and age, for the most part. Rather, fight, of course, is an option. Flight or just completely giving in is an option. Or you could come up with the third option. I always like to give people options from which to choose so that it's not, it is this way. I don't know about you, but I'm a parent and that doesn't really go over well with children, <laughs> much less adults. So I always try to give options. I do tend to think in this or that, either or, A or B, one or two. But if you can remember to also add a third option, which is, or a third option. Let me explain that. I can almost easily come up with one or two or three options, and here you go, and I can lay them out very succinctly. And I'm not perfect, and I see through my 180 degrees and my realm of experience and skills and gifts and zone of genius and all that, and somebody else has a whole different realm of experience and gifts and zone of genius. And so that other person might be able to come up with something I just can't because my brain's not wired that way. So I always like to include in those options something like, or an option that I'm not thinking about right now, but is something we could create. You're going to be much more successful if you truly try to collaborate with people. Not just because fighting sometimes doesn't get you anywhere, but it's a way to empower others. When you give other people the options to decide, well, you give them options and then they can decide which options they want to choose, they feel empowered because they got to choose. Great. Let's take it another step and say, 
Is there another option you can envision? That's really an amazing question. So how would you like to handle this fabulous first step? And then the second one is, are there any options you can envision? Some people may not be able to envision any other options and that's okay. You are still giving them a choice by presenting one or two or more options to them and then asking them how they'd like to proceed. There's that song, freedom is having nothing left to lose. That's not always a great place to be. Yeah, it may feel free and you may feel free in just being able to to go any which way you want because you're not dependent upon feeling responsible or what somebody else might do. That's what that line means, at least to me. That's not a place of empowerment. That's a place of desperation. I don't have anything to lose, so I might as well do this thing I want to do the way I want to do it anyway. I could see, I could see another side to that. And what I'd much rather see is people being able to take the time to consider their situation and their options and then making an informed, empowered decision so that they truly feel they're at choice. Honestly, we're all at choice. No matter what, whatever you choose, the, the job you're working in, the house you're living in, the community you're living in, the people with whom you choose to associate, those are all choices. Then anytime we say, no, I have to do this, or I'm forced to, or I need to, it's actually a choice. It's just not a good feeling to be convinced that we don't have a choice. The better feeling is to be offered the power to make the choice. How would you like to proceed? What other options do you envision? How can we solve this together? See how that changes the energy, just those questions. Whereas that feeling of desperation, no choice, being threatened, that is not a powerful place from which to make decisions. And the decisions made and the resulting path are probably not going to be the most effective and productive. Instead, in your communications, in your leadership, in your manager style, how can you empower others to give them choice? I'll go over the three questions once again. One, how would you like to handle this? Two, what other options do you envision and three, how can we work on this together to solve the issue? Or just can we, or let's work on this together to solve the issue. I hope you have found this helpful. And if you have found any of this information intriguing, you might be interested in our report on the top five reasons why your employees are not engaged and see what you can do to empower your people, engage them more, 
all of which positively affects your bottom line. You can download that report at www.theshulergroupllc.com and you'll see right there in the navigation why your employees are not engaged. Until next time, may you thrive.